Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you, June 9th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Good morning. It's chilly outside. Some parts of the area in the 40s, which is for 6923, is pretty, pretty wild. But I love it. Feels nice outside. It's going to warm up, be an absolutely gorgeous day. And I want to hear about how Scooter Dingus, a.k.a. Justin Kalen, the best producer in the land, is going to spend it. I uh, I have a busy day today, boys. I got to do – so I've got to do our show. And then, as you know, EJ is doing a Belmont preview from 9 to 11. So I assumed I was going to be in studio for that. Turns out I am not because the Hoosier Report and Spears on Sports are out at Old Capitol today. So after we're done, I've got to bust it out to Old Capitol, set up all of our equipment, get ready for remote broadcasts, and then P. Diddy from the city is going to come in and sit in in the studio and make sure we're all good to go. So... It's going to be a fun day for me, a, d- a different day for me. I thought I'd be in the radio or in the studio for six straight hours, but alas, I'll get out in the wild and maybe get a couple of chips and putts in before we get on air here this morning. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to today. It's going to be a good one. The cold last night was just icing on top of the cake because I slept like a freaking baby. So I- I'm feeling great today. Really, really looking forward to this Friday. Uh, you can hear it in your voice. Hey, that's great, Scooch. I, I think the obvious question is, though, Roush, how how does the KRC crew not get an invite out to Old Capitol? Uh, we're going to Park Mammoth. Yeah. Well, you we can we can go two places. That's or, that's just not fair. Yeah, we could. It's not fair. What does that mean? Well, I mean, if if they're going to old, like, I don't know, you can't just go we everywhere. We don't, we don't go to the places specifically for us, Scooch. We go to promote the places. Sure. But that's why yeah, we've so got, we're just giving them more advertising. That's why we've got Spears and Matt there today, and when we're down at Park Mammoth next week or two weeks, we'll uh, we'll promote them. I think does it's Old smart. Ha- does Old Capital have like really friendly senior tees or something? I, why are they specific to Spears? Do do do. I really hope he was listening to that. Too. No shot. 
he does John. He doesn't wake up till about eight thirty at the earliest. Yeah, he's probably paying paying for breakfast at the diner right about now. <laughs> I would imagine. I'm saving my appetite for big bills on the hill. I'm gonna get me a big old thick fried bologna sandwich. Mm, looking forward to it. Oh man, I really hate like. Too. Slightly, I'm slightly bothered we weren't invited out there, but it would be a blast, especially with this weather. Be like a pullover. Oh, I don't know if our equipment would work. It's so cold. That's true too. It doesn't. The weather is. It, it was nice though. Last night, even did a little late evening jog around dusk. So it was turning tonight. Just cool as a cucumber. Felt great. Love it. Um, the lightning bugs were out. Bats were flying, crickets were chirping, and uh, it got chilly, but not too chilly for the plants. Because the plants, they've been loving this weather. All this sunshine, the tomatoes, they're growing high. I got, uh, my first zucchinis are starting to to take shape. Saw them yesterday, so that's pretty awesome. Did you use, zucchini in no time. Did you use the banana water, Roush? I haven't yet. I probably will next week. But so, like I, I thought... It's got to be hotter for the bananas to start, or excuse me, for the tomatoes to really start popping. So right now we're just in a growth phase for the, the actual plant. So I didn't know how much truth there actually was to the whole banana theory. And then I, uh, one of our housekeepers was leaving the hotel on, I guess that was Wednesday. And she's carrying out a bag, like a, a plastic trash bag, and it has three banana peels in it. And I was like, what are you doing with that? And she was like, for my garden. And I was like, oh, you just soak it in water for a couple days and then pour the water around the plants? And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I just huh. literally told somebody to do that. Oh man, incredible! Yeah, I'll do. I'll do that next week. It gets a little bit warmer. Yeah. Didn't we good. have like It'll a four, didn't we have like a fourteen day drought until like on Tuesday or Wednesday, or whatever day that was? Yeah. Um. But here's the thing, TJ's. I have this thing. It's called a water hose. So uh, the sunshine. We had plenty of sunshine. I just had to give them a little bit of water in the morning. That's it. Wow, I thought TJ wow. was the rich one. Nick's over here with a water hose. He's got a water hose, folks. He's got a water hose. Water ho- ho- hose Roush is what they call him. <laughs> uh, we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Well, yeah, uh, that, excited for Scoots. Sounds like a great Thursday for Roush. Uh, I did similar, just mostly hung out on the deck and uh, and enjoyed the weather. Not any sports of that interest that I was interested in yesterday, but we'll get the NBA finals tonight, which is always fun on a Friday. Cause you can stay up late. Oh, great. It's not a school night, which is always good. Uh, but we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. We're behind on the text line. Ooh. We got, we, we, we need to catch up on it. We need to finish it for the week. We need to talk the Batcats. We're going to talk Belmont. Uh, we're obviously going to talk uh, basketball and roster news. This should be a big weekend for UK basketball. There there are plenty of things we need to get to on today's show, but we do want to spend plenty of time on the text line, the Thornton's text line, and make sure you stop in at Thornton's today. Get all your goodies for your Friday. Kick it off the right way with Thornton's. So what first, Roush? Love a, I love a good uh, stop at Thornton's to kick off the weekend. We're, uh, we're going to the Indianapolis Children's Museum tomorrow, meeting Brooks family there. And uh, you must believe a uh, pit stop at Thornton's on the way out of town is in the cards. So looking forward to that. Um, although Saturday at any sort of, I'm usually, I usually try to avoid places like that on the weekend. It's when they're most popular. So it seems oh, like a long we'll drive for a busy museum. Yeah, but it's halfway 
between our family and her family. So it's a nice uh, meeting point. And I think they had some tickets that were like, here, use these, but they expire at the end of the month. So uh, uh, that's what so it yeah, was. we're going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Always so we had to pick back weekend to the dollars June. and cents with Ralph. <laughs> it was the free ticket. By the way, which speak, I was just going to say, Roush, real quick. I can, I funny story about the first time I ever saw that children's museum. That's the one with the big dinosaur, right? Don't, yeah, they have like a big so. long neck. Okay. A, I know they got an Indy car you can get in too. So my freshman year of college, this was the first time I ever saw that museum. I was up in Indy. My best friend went to college at um, IUPUI, so I was up there hanging out with him. It was a wacky Wednesday. We're riding around in his car, and he tells me to close my eyes. And he was like, now don't open them till I tell you. And he was like, look out your window. So I had my eyes closed, and he tells me to open them. And I open my eyes, and I just see this giant long-necked dinosaur. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he explains that it's the it's the Children's Museum. And so that, that's just a funny story. That is a funny oh, story. Oh, man. <laughs> TJ, we got... We we got to take Scoots to Dinosaur World now. Yeah, we <laughs> we go to. Oh, I know Miami. what to I know what to expect now. In Houston, the we had to be out of our Airbnb at a certain time, and then early, and then our flight wasn't until later, and then even later and later because of the delay. So we had to kill some time. We went to a dinosaur land sort of deal. It was all indoors, but uh, I forget what it was called. It's pretty cool. The, the baby who's 20 months old she she was pretty scared at first which she never really does get scared this was one of the first times i've seen her scared but she opened up to him in time and even rode a dinosaur by the end of it uh so dinosaurs totally in when it comes to krc ah we are pro dinosaurs do we have anything uh, like that in louisville like a an indoor dinosaur they did temporarily at the mega cavern, they, they had like a dinosaur set up down there. Uh, they'll also have like traveling shows that go to the expo center. Um, but I don't know if there's a permanent one at the science center downtown. They have one, uh, out back by the kind of by the parking garage. And so, or their parking lot back there. And we'll be playing on the bottom floor and Duke will go over. Oh, dad, look, the dinosaur. And whenever we park our car, we got to go, Got to go see the, either the dinosaur or the big naked David. I, th- I think he calls him – he used to call him the naked guy. Now I think he just calls him David. Well, I think if investing in a little indoor dinosaur place that is focused on kids, obviously. I think if you put that by the Top Golf, we're that in the Oxmore Shopping Center, which is all starting to Ooh. grow and business is doing better mm-hmm. there. I, that thing's not not succeeding in a major way meaning it is, I think that'd be pretty, if anybody wants to, my idea, of course, so now you got to loop me in, but if anybody has the money for it, I'd, that thing would be successful. Kids like dinosaurs breaking Ooh. news. The place we went to is packed. What, what about dinosaurs, but for adults, where they could potentially eat you? That, it sounds like fun. Yeah. Like a haunted house, but dinosaurs. Ooh, like, you know how zoos have petting zoos, they you can go like pet goats and they don't have any of the cool animals of course but it's all the ones that you can just find around a farm and you can pet those the dinosaur one for adults did put just mean dogs in a room and like hey go go if you go there's five dollars on the other side of this room just go this is the dinosaur experience you'll be like well those are just mean dogs and be like yeah but oh no you put on virtual reality 
virtual reality glasses. And that way the they dogs. look like dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say put them in costumes. Costume? Uh, that'd that be cute. Be... Yeah, that'd be less expensive and cuter. So it'd be a cute outfit while you're getting your knees bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think we're totally in on this. What do we want to talk first? Do we, do we want to get the horse racing Belmont talk out of the way? I'm excited for the race. It's it should be a good race. I'm just glad that we get the, all of the the big guys are in there. Sands Mage. Mage is the only one that is not being put to the test. But all the other top three choices from the Kentucky Derby will be there. Tappet Trice, Forte, finally back, healthy. Uh, and Angel of Empire, who finished third and was really coming strong down the stretch in the middle of the track there at the Kentucky Derby. Um, so there, there's going to be a lot less congestion uh, from a 20-horse field to a 9-horse field. That's where Tappet Trice got in a lot of trouble last time. Um, and that, that, that final turn is so wide that Pretty much anybody, you, you know, you can make your own trip. You can find a lane to run through. Um, so, and, and on top of that, we got the Preakness Winter National Treasure running, and it could be a pace setter. So, I'm I'm excited um, to see how it all unfolds. Like, it, 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 should, it should be a great race. And frankly, I don't know who I'm going to bet. Like, it might it might come down to price for me because I like Angel of Empire a lot, but at the same time, uh, you know. Tappet's bloodlines. He's got four Belmont winners. I mean, Tappet Trice is bred for this. Um, and there's another Tappet horse in there, Tappet Shoes. It's going to be a long shot. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this race unfolds. Do they run the race, Roush? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? Um, yeah. I, I didn't catch up and see if they raced at Belmont yesterday. They may have canceled it, but uh, early. They, they canceled yesterday. They did cancel yesterday, but early pictures from today, it looks normal. Um, uh, UK yes. uh, journalism guy, Sean Reynolds, who's uh, he's a big newsman. Do you follow Sean, perchance, TJ? Sean who? Well, I, I didn't Sean, hear. Sean Reynolds. He he went to UK a few years before us, but he like is big into broadcast news um, and works for like at like 30 Rock. He's, he's kind of a big deal. Um but yeah, it, he he shared a picture this morning, and New York City just looks beautiful. So it's back. I think that they should be fine to run races today and tomorrow at Belmont Park. Everything I haven't seen anything on Twitter that they're canceling the races today, which is today is a big race day for Belmont. There's good races today. Um, I looks like they're running today. If they're running today, you would think that they would be running tomorrow as well. So that's exciting. Yeah, did Mages yeah. folks uh, Belmont horses were training. So yeah. Did Mages folks say why they weren't running the Belmont? Just taking taking a break. I, I think that's yeah. Um, I I couldn't even tell you if there's ever been a horse that loses the Preakness and then comes back to Belmont. Um, I mean. If, I'm sure that it's happened more recently a, than I. Do you mean like a derby, derby winner, winner loses Preakness? Oh yeah, okay, yes, it. yes. Um, now I'm sure there was when we were kids, right? Like I, I, that that probably happened in like the early 2000s, mid 2000, you know, 2010, something like that. But as of late, that that just the two races in two weeks, and then doing three and seven. I I, I think they're they'll probably hold out until uh, Saratoga. Uh, or the Haskell later in the summer. 
give major give major a little rest. Yeah, and I it's easy for me to say, obviously, but I, I think it's low risk, high reward high reward running mage in the Belmont. It's a it's a race it could win. I get that it's it's a little fatigued, but it's a race it could win. You could tell the jockey that, like, hey, if if you feel that it just doesn't have it, then you can pull up. People would understand with the race being with a horse racing that frequently. But if it were to win that, you could it could just retire. I mean, you could maybe consider running it in some of maybe a couple races this fall if you really wanted to. But then you you know if you're the if you're the Derby and Belmont winner, and that is incredibly rare, so you're right about that as well. Uh, but I just think that would be the reward of that would be worth it. Win one race and boom, you're made. Yeah, I think having, but we have issues I'm, with Ralph. We have issues with Ralph. No, no, no. Big, no, big no. delay. <laughs> Didn't hit Is the it? mute. I'm... I mean, there's there's even delays on just like the general back and forth. Yeah, I, I boy, that's because yours has been kind of freaking out a little bit here and there. That's why. Um, but um, as far as major though, like you're right, TJ. But they can just do that at Saratoga. I mean that, and a mile and a half. It's they call it the test of a champion because it's the most difficult to win. Um, you also got to consider too that this horse is lightly raced. What did three starts before the Derby? So the. No, no reason to run the horse into the ground. Uh, give it a little rest. Go win at Saratoga, and I know those aren't as prestige. Yeah, in the, you, the you eyes made, you of average, made, you made all my points for me. Did I? I don't, I don't really understand. Like you're. Yeah, but you just said that this rate, the Belmont's more prestigious. Boom, exactly that. No, no, I, well, you're not going to have the average the, horseman. You're not going to have the competition in these other races, most likely, that you're going to have in the Belmont. This is a huge race. I mean, all the big names of no, the no, Derby the, are in this, except for you. Yeah, no, that, those horses, if they're they have their salt, they'll all be in those races too. In in the Travers, like that. For some people, they they think that they hold the Travers in higher regard than the Belmont. I know that might sound silly, but like uh, if you remember, tis the law. That was he. He was the Derby favorite during the COVID year. Schedule got all weird, but he won the Belmont and the Travers and the the guys there. They were just like, "This is better than winning the dirt." So like, I I get what you're saying to an extent, but the quick turnaround when you can have is equally as big of a race in two months and let Mage rest. I think just makes sense from their standpoint. It'd be a lot more fun if you had Mage in there, and then you would have. The, you would have the four horsemen, right? Uh, but um, I, I can't say I blame them for taking taking a rest out on this one. No, no surprise that they are. Like I, I told, I do totally understand it. And like I said, it's easy for me to say, but I just think in horse racing, your goal is to get to a point where a horse is so good it doesn't have to run again, and it's you're getting the stud fees left and right for the rest of its life, and you're living on on easy street. Here's an opportunity for that, and you're channel. not and you're not doing it. Where, you know, worst case it loses. I mean, worst case it could break down as we've seen a lot, but that's not the norm. And you would hope that a horse could be able to run it. Maybe not perfectly. It wouldn't get its best stuff potentially. I just think if you have that opportunity, it's worth taking it. But like I said, super easy for me to say these people know the horse a lot better than I do talking in a chair in my basement. So yeah, I understand (laughs) it. I just think it's, uh, it would make the race even sweeter though, but it's still going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm not really familiar Ooh, with this Archangelo horse. 
Arcangelo apparently Arcangelo. kicked ass last time out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it ran really well. Uh, but I haven't I haven't dug into the past performances uh, quite yet. But it, it apparently had an impressive last start and is it's got a good price. Um, the the funniest one in in this field here. Uh, it's not. Uh, miraculo but it's it might as well you need a miracle for this horse to win it was very funny when uh <laughs> it won an allowance race to kind of be good enough to get in there and they asked the owner at the belmont post draw so um why are you running this race and he's like well i like to gamble <laughs> i was like that's that, that you know what that's say no more <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Do you think uh, that Brad Cox's hit show has any chance? Uh, it's not going to get beat up on the rail um, this time, like it did in the Derby. But I always thought it was more of a front runner. Maybe, maybe it has a chance. But I, I, I just don't think it's. Yeah, you know, I don't even think it's his best horse in the barn this year. So I, I'm going to say no. But it's New York. It's a New York horse, so that that's probably why. It's ownership was pushing for this, uh, for, for this race, but, um, I'm, um, I'm fascinated to, to watch this is, so it's not going to be on NBC. We're not getting Randy Moss and, um, Kenny Rice and that whole crew. This is the first time that Fox is going to have dibs on the race. And if you ever watched any of Fox's big New York races over the summer, they, it kind of treated like football. The the illustrations that you have when guys score touchdowns, they'll do that when they announce the jockeys. They'll have them come out to like smoke and stuff. It's gonna be fun. So I'm they 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 churched it up quite a bit for the post positions. So I'm curious how much they will church it up and roll out the theatrics for their first triple crown race. Does that mean we're gonna get a Gus Johnson called race? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> I, I I don't think we're gonna get <laughs> Gus Johnson, but they are bringing back um, a. Uh, a it, it, he was the guy before Larry Colmus, um, and his name escapes me right now. But I know some people are hyped. He called Triple Crown races. I don't know. Uh, but he he was the guy I believe that was on the call when he was like he couldn't figure out who mind that bird was. I believe that's who. Uh, and his his name is, escapes me right now. But they are bringing somebody back uh, to call this race. Seven o two is post time. For the Belmont tomorrow, uh, the Batcats will have already won game one. Your Saturday will be rocking and rolling, and you can watch some horse racing in New York. I, I don't – I think Forte is easily the best horse in the race, but I just worry about him coming off not racing in such a long time. And the Belmont's yeah, such a tricky out. race to race anyways. And then I, I don't – I think the tap it trice bit is a little too on the nose that they're bred to win. The, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it just seems like that would be too good of a storyline for it to win. So I think I'm I'm taking I'm not picking either one of those two to to win. I think I'm kind of between National Treasure and Angel of Empire between those two. And people forget that I hit the try in the Derby. I hit the try in the Preakness, forget. which didn't pay so much. But I've got a reputation on the line. If I can get the triple crown of tries, <laughs> I may have to hang it up as a sports gambler at that point. So I've got. Uh, have, to, have you ever seen? 
you could be the new Jody Dimling for CBS Sports. If you ever if you ever look up for post positions or anything like that, CBS it they just ham up Jody Dimling in the he's hit the daily double for the Kentucky Derby and Oaks in 15 out of the last 20 years. And I, I don't know why they use Jody's picks for CBS Sportsline, but anytime they just write a news post that's not it's it's just some news desk person they have there. They have to include Jody Dimling's picks. I think they're going to have to start including T.J. Walker's picks. Yeah, let's just leave out the part that I went from 2006 to 2022 without picking a Derby winner. Hit the Triple Crown trifecta. But that, that, yeah, I think that's even better though. So, yeah, I'm excited. I guess I will go Angel of Empire. That that will be my pick. But I'm definitely going to have National Treasure. I think it's going to be between those two coming down to the wire. Uh, but this is such a weird race. It's it's easily, I think, the hardest race to to figure out during the entire year. Just it's long. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm just I'm fascinated by how. Like, where's the money going to go? Because uh, just talking about my dad, he was shocked Forte was the favorite um, on the morning line. Um, how how will the public bet that horse? Um, I have a feeling just t- people will throw just happily cross out the derby and just hammer the Tappet horses. Even though Tappet Shoes is a, um, a longer price. Like, I, I don't think – I think you're going to be at a shorter one. But – if you've got the money pretty evenly split between four or five horses, I mean, you might have a situation where the favorite is four or five to one. So it's a good way to make some money if you if you're uh, if you're on the right one on Saturday. So should be a good day. Like I said the other day, uh, a great uh, a big stakes card. Um, there, I think there's six on, on on Belmont Saturday. So a lot to look forward to. And uh, we've got the Oaks winner running today in the Acorn, mischievous Alex. Uh, so, yeah. Tune that's in. Ex- that's That'll exciting. be a nice little uh, preview. By that, we'll have a little bit of college baseball going on during the day before the NBA Finals. Um, so, yeah, a lot of sports this weekend. Yeah, we'll find out. One of our be- last big sports weekends. We'll find out who will be joining UK and Omaha. Well, not find out, but we can see the game ones of of that. Oh uh, man, that'd be so sweet if UK can get to Omaha. Scoot, I need your Belmont pick before Roush, and then you can you can go where you need to go. Uh, I'm going Forte. Boo! Oh man, the guy who bets uh, all the favorites every. Uh, no, I mean I went Forte. In the, <laughs> I, I was going to go Forte in the Derby, and now that I have have gone two races without getting to bet him, I feel like it only feels right that I take him here. Gotcha. Roush, what were you going to say? Um, I, I was just going to say, we're going to take a break and then talk baseball. We've got to make fun of Tennessee when we talk baseball. It's it, I, I, oh, it's the gift that keeps on giving, Tennessee volunteers. Um, and also, shout out to the Oklahoma women's softball team. Good God. This was the um, 53 wins in a row, three straight national championships. I mean – I remember when UK drew them one year, and uh, this was at the beginning of their uh, ascent, and it was sort of a thing where you were, well, you know, maybe they can, uh, you know, the, the pitching, if they can, they, if the pitching to handles business, maybe UK can sneak a run or two and then win, and then Oklahoma just went yard like five times and won 10 nothing. That's what they do. They just smash taters and good gravy. What What a win last night. 
It just means more. Almost. It almost just means more. All right. We'll be back. We're going to talk the Batcats. We were going to get to the Thornton's text line soon as well. We're not going to wait to the last segment to do that. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports. Roll Call. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning's sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. With Walker and Roush. How's the grid holding up? It's not good. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? Welcome back. This is KRC on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker in the Crouch and Justin Kalen. Roll go. Your text into the Thornton Sex Line, 502 414 1450. And Father's Day, we're just a week away. Well, a week away from the weekend of Father's Day. You're going to want your Big Exports Radio golf card. Go to bigexportsradio.com to secure yours today. Some of the nicest courses in the area. And. It's great value. It really is. Whether you're a golfer, you're going to get it for another golfer. Make sure you lock it up today so you get it in time for Father's Day. BigExportsRadio.com. And just a heads up, not very many of those left. Oh. Not very many. Hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know what else is pretty interesting? What's Kentucky, that? Kentucky can go to the College World Series this weekend. We can have a huge, huge Monday show. And it all starts down in uh, TJ. Can you say it for me? Where's UK playing this weekend? Yeah. Oh, man. It is it, like I was talking to Dugan on the phone earlier this week, and we were just kind of talking summer radio. And he said, Well, it's nice that you all have had baseball to talk about. And I was like, Yeah, it, it has been. Uh, UK didn't finish the year it super strong, but they were playing the toughest schedule in the country by far. And then we were hoping to maybe have some content during SEC tournament week, but they were un- they weren't able to get one of those top four spots. And if you don't get one of those top four spots, it's win or go home. And they ran into a hot Alabama team. It was basically a home game for Alabama, and and so we didn't really get that week to talk baseball. And, of course, I was out of town for parts of the regional, but it's given us something to chat about. And we want more baseball talk, more baseball talk, more baseball talk. And if we have a week previewing Omaha, I would do everything in my power to get out there. Uh, I just couldn't – like it'd be the equivalent of UK playing in the Sugar Bowl or the Rose Bowl. It's just like – UK has played in the Sugar Bowl before, but right. been a, been a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, but it's just like when it, there's no guarantee that this is going to happen again in my life, I better take advantage of it now while I while I can. And right. I want it, Roush. I want it. But it's a really tough challenge. And there, I think UK, there's only four teams seated higher than UK remaining in the tournament. Maybe that number's five, four or five. If Kentucky can get to home all, they can they can win it all. Would right. they? You know, even if they do get there, would they be the favorite among the teams in Omaha? Probably not. But there's only again four or five teams ranked ahead of them. Just unfortunately, with the way the bracket was set up, one of those teams is LSU, and the Cats are going to have to go on the road and find a way to win two out of three. Yeah, and that's that's the big challenge is getting there. That that last big hurdle and. A lot of it for me comes down to one one player alone, and it shouldn't be one player alone, uh, especially with the way these tournaments go. But Mason Moore was not the most outstanding player, but his work out of the bullpen just—I mean, he was he was as dominant as you can be um, last weekend in the regional. And if you can find a way to get an early lead in one of these games. And then put more in there to just zip them up down the stretch. I mean, that's your your total total wild card. So I'm really just uh, I I don't care how good that ace is. It you know it takes one swing of the bat to change it. So for me, a lot of this is going to come down to is when is Nick Mingione going to put him into the game, right? Because the way he was used last week, it was what five innings pitched one game, four in another. Um, or no, I think it was five in both. I think yeah, he pitched ten total innings. So how do they use him? When do they use him? That it, it's 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 like calling in wild thing. When are you going to do it? Can you time it up perfectly to utilize this guy who is just in fuego? And it it kind of reminds me, you know, I don't know much about hockey, but when you get a goalie that's standing on its head in the, in the postseason, sometimes that's just it. That fuels a team, right? Just having that one guy who is untouchable. You could have that sort of um, that sort of shine from a, a pitcher, in this case, coming out of the pen, and that can make all the difference in the world. So if Kentucky's going to pull this off, you know, I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how they use Mason Moore uh, and, and, and can they do a little bit more than just the small ball, right? Like, because um, I – the, I don't. I don't think that LSU is going to hit twenty Kentucky twenty one times this weekend. Yeah, no, I, I think you're you're right about that. It's a really interesting matchup, even with, and that's a, there's a there's a debate in the baseball community about whether they should reseed at the super regional round because you're getting Oregon hosting a a super regional, you'll get teams that aren't nationally seeded getting a super regional while nationally seeded teams have to go onto the road to other nationally seeded teams. But some just say, hey, that's how the bracket works out. If you get upsets in yours, then that that's the way that it goes. You get some of those conversations in college basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly it's centered around, do you reseed the final four? But some people have brought up, do you reseed the second weekend altogether, which would be the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight? I think you hear a little bit more about it from a baseball point of view, but but they don't, or they're not doing it yet. So Cats have to go on the road. LSU has potentially the number one and the number two draft picks in the upcoming MLB draft. Um, they're they're loaded. They're loaded with talent, but especially at the top. One's a pitcher and one's a batter. 
the way Jeff Drummond broke down this game, I thought it was pretty interesting, is this is two different styles of teams and one that's a little bit more dependent on individual talent. Like if LSU, if those two players don't have big outings this weekend, LSU is going to be in big trouble. Where UK is much more team-oriented across the board, everybody's got to do a little bit, and collectively it all meshes together. LSU is big power hitters. They yeah. at any pitch is on could be Ellie De La Cruz out of the stadium or to the back row. Um, they hit as many home runs as just about anybody in the country. Kentucky doesn't. They don't hit very many home runs by comparison whatsoever. However, UK steals a ton of bases. Um, that's something LSU doesn't do. At all. UK better at the small ball. LSU better at the long ball. They're contrasting styles in the in this matchup, and it's just which one's going to win out. And I remember that series down in Baton Rouge during the regular season. We talked about it. Yeah. UK, I think, got walloped in game one. Exactly. But in game but in game two, I, I remember watching that game, and UK played poorly and they had every chance in the world to win that game and i think they won on sunday if i'm not mistaken yeah they did take one but yeah there was another game too that was it was like oh no that was there for the taking and you just you let it out of your fingers and I remember I they, they had the lead in the seventh inning and lsu scored late and, and that's how they lost it maybe i just i remember we the conversation we had on monday was it was disappointing to let that one slip. A series on the road at LSU would have been so huge, but it did show that you can play with the best of the best. Because I think at that time, LSU was ranked number one in the country. And, but that was the overall takeaway. It wasn't a moral victory. You were disappointed that they let the one slip away on Saturday. But it was, hey, UK baseball is actually probably for real. Because if you can go on the road and do that, well, now they have to just capitalize on that. And I think they, they as a team, probably know, hey, we we can do this, and if you're going to have a tough super regional matchup, which pits you on, while there's plenty of national seeds already eliminated, as already mentioned, you didn't get that lucky draw. At least you're going to a place you're familiar with. At least you're going to a place that you've already seen this season, and you know you can win in that building. You know you can lose too. You know you can get blown out. But I would like that as a player. I think that that would be really beneficial to me just to have already visualized it, already experienced it. And it's probably going to be uh, really, it's going to be a lot more juiced up than it probably was during the regular season. And they take their baseball down there pretty seriously in the regular season. I hope there's a little bit of blue there so that when UK baseball does something good, you hear a little something, something. But it's going to be a, a really rowdy atmosphere. I think as a player, I would really like the fact that I've already experienced it just a couple months ago, yeah, a month and a half ago. Yeah, I, I think that certainly is in Kentucky's favor. I, I don't think they would mind, um, you know, hosting and bringing a lesser team to town if they did reseed. But in that scenario, it does bring up a lot of funny matchups. So Indiana State, they won their regional, but they couldn't host a super because. Uh, I forget what's coming to town. It's not like it's not the 4-H camp, but it's something similar. One of those you're just like, really? They they can't do it because of this. Um, Tennessee is going to Southern Miss, and um, I don't know if you follow Wes Rucker on Twitter, TJ, but he is, oh man, the homerest of all homers and the whiniest of all of all homers, and. He had this whole. I, you know what? I might as well pull it up because um, 
I knew that when Tennessee was going to have to leave their ball, that was a toss-up, right? When the regionals were set, when they, when we found out who won, they were unclear who would travel where in that matchup. And they ended up getting stuck, having to travel to Southern Miss. And uh, Wes Rucker tweets out today, looks like I won't be covering the Vols Super Regional in person. Only seating option I have is one with no view of the field. I'll sit anywhere without complaint, but you can't cover what you can't see. Super great decision on the site, NCAA. You're such a damn joke. <laughs> that guy's got to be doing a bit, right? <laughs> no, I think he's 100% serious on all of his stuff, which is, it makes it even better. Oh, it's great. I just don't get how people like that just live their day-to-day. It's hilarious. He is he is the most insufferable yet entertaining person on Twitter.com. I love it. I love the tweets because you get gems like that. Um, and the thing is, too, is as much as he's going to poke fun at Southern Miss, uh, that place is going to be rocking. Southern Miss fans are they're a very loyal bunch. They're a proud bunch that has been down on hard times. They 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 have a winning tradition there. They got kind of lost in the conference realignment shuffle. I. Uh, I might have to travel to Indiana and bet on Southern Miss to win that series because uh, they're going to bring it. In Tennessee, they've been a little bit down this year. Let's go. Come on, Golden Eagles. Take care of business. Knock those balls out. See, well, yeah. Like, they Tennessee gets Southern Miss, which I know Southern Miss has baseball tradition, but then UK yeah. gets on it's the road USA. at, L- at LSU. Yeah. Right. Like, again, and UK could go on the road and lose to Southern Miss. Tennessee certainly can. And, Roush, you're right. That's what we'll be rooting for. But it uh, just goes to show just how tough it is. But the Cats will have to find a way. Well, you know, they really don't have to find a way to beat Paul Skeens. That's why it's nice that it's a three-game series. You could He could be on fire. He could show why he may be the number one pick in the draft and toss a two-hitter against the Batcats on Saturday. And then UK can come back and win Sunday and Monday. But – I think LSU knows though he needs to be he needs to be special. Otherwise, things are going to get a little tense. Uh, I don't like that LSU has plenty of left-handed batters. UK struggled against left-handed batters this season, but you're going to need to be able to score runs. And if you can do it against their ace on Saturday, then you're going to be able to do it against everybody else they throw. Because outside of schemes, their pitching is just pretty average. I'm sure it's probably comparatively really good to like the rest of the nation. But in terms of what Kentucky's seen this season, it's nothing It's nothing over the top. So, And LSU's played a lot of really big run games this year. There's an opportunity. But set the tone on on Saturday in game one and see what happens. See if you can steal one. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, what Do we want to make predictions for this while we're here? Um, sure. Let's go ahead and make predictions while we're here. All right, Scoots. It's not IU playing because they were eliminated by UK earlier this week, but it is the Batcats. What do they do at LSU this weekend? Uh, I am going to predict that they get swept. I think they I think they get wow. they get two games. Two, now it's not being a hater, it's just hater. it's just my analysis what I see. I think they get beat twice. I, I think they will be one of them will be a really close game, one will be a blowout. TJ, I I believe this is going three. We're gonna be talking about a decisive game three on Monday. However, I worry about the crowd there and how they can power play their way back from 
whatever deficit. So I, I think LSU wins in three. They they take the third game by like a three run home run late or something like that. I'm I'm gonna take I think LSU probably sweeps. I very hope to be wrong and really, really want to be able to talk about a game on Monday. I think that'd make for a really fun Monday show. I I I would like the Batcats to sweep, but if not, and they can force a game three, that'd be a lot of fun. And I think UK could steal a game three potentially if that if that comes to fruition. So I hope that it does. But LSU's really talented. I think it's gonna be tough to get anything going. On Saturday, so that puts you in an 0-1 hole. And then I, I do, while I was just giving you a little crap, Scoots, I do think Sat- Sunday's game two will just come down to the wire, and I think probably the home crowd pushes them ahead ever so slightly. But I, I really hope to be wrong. I've been nothing but wrong when it's come to this baseball team this season. I did think they'd get through the regional last week, but a little too close for comfort there. But I've, I was wrong about anything that they were going to achieve big picture. So. This will be the team that will probably go to Omaha's because of the team that I thought wouldn't do squat this year. So I hope that the wrongness continues. I'll be rooting for them. I'll be watching every pitch. I've got friends that uh, that have texted me. We planned our little Sunday family get-together somewhat around this game. Uh, so everybody's excited, and I just hope that this can become a regular thing for UK baseball where we're watching Super Regionals and Omaha's right on the doorstep. Because if you get to enough Super Regionals, you're going to break through. LSU is one of the best baseball programs in the nation. If you you could send a big message to the SEC and the country, if this is how you get to your first trip to yeah, Omaha, that would that would that would be incredible. Let's read a few texts here. 502-414-1450 is the number into the Thornton's text line. I believe we're starting with a compliment for Scoots. One texter who said, "Killing it with a '90s country today." That was that was yesterday. Hey, oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't see the I don't see the X. I I never saw any X. We didn't mark the end spot from. Nope, don't think we did, but I'm pretty sure that's that's where we were. Hmm. Um, if not, it was the really long text before. Gotcha. Yeah. Joe from Nicholasville, podcast listener. So you may have already covered this today. UK sports can hold because Messi. Suck it, Saudi. Yeah, take that, Saudi. You can't get our Messi. He's coming to Miami. Welcome to Miami. I still probably won't watch Inter. I mean, I maybe um, maybe I might turn one on, but um, no, you. I won't. did think that. I, you know, um, I, I thought Mike DeCourcy actually had a good point in that. Uh, I, I didn't read the whole article. But essentially, you know, Messi's not the first aging superstar to, uh, to go from Europe to America. And with each wave, uh, you know, Pele coming over, got people at least on their radar. Others got folks to become fans of high-quality clubs like English Premier League, Champions League. Those, I mean, those are pretty popular now. Uh, I think the FIFA video game certainly helped as well in popularity. But the big one, um, as Mike said, the next step, is for to convince people that they can care about their clubs closer to home. I don't know if Messi will be the one to do it. I know that there are certain soccer communities, like the one here in Louisville, that has is very loyal to Louisville City FC. Um, but from a big picture standpoint, there isn't the same large fan bases for individual MLS teams. Um, and maybe maybe Messi can make that happen. By the way, Josh Winder, a player for the. 
LCFC is going over to Europe to Ben Benifica. Benifica. They don't they don't call them LCFC scoots. Well, that's what I called them. So you can suck it, pal. I'm just, wow. wouldn't you like to know? Oh, man, you're, for somebody who got such a good night's sleep, it was so cool. <laughs> oh, I get to go to the today. today. Yeah, I, it's going to be a fun time. Figured you just want to know the proper terminology. That's I mean, another club. You're, I mean, you're literally mentioning another club, so you're actually factually inaccurate with your Louisville City Football Club? That's not what they are? They, they are not LCFC. Well, I, okay, here's the deal. I was struggling with my words there. That was the only thing I could get to come out. And so technically, that's not wrong. LCFC is Louisville City Football Club, right? When you say LCFC, you're not, that is, if you're, and you're talking about a soccer team, it's not Louisville City. Who is it? Uh, what's like the Les- Lester City? Lester City Football Club. Oh, they can yeah. suck it. They can suck it. We are doing this show around Louisville. LCFC is Louisville. Okay. I think a lot of people were just confused, and I just wanted to clarify. No, I, I never I never call them LCFC. I, it was simply a case of I could not think of my words. That was all that came out. I don't care. I, I was disappointed when they came out and said, like, please don't call us LCFC. I was like, oh, but it's so easy for everybody. They are like, please call us just Blue City when referring to the club. Uh, that's a huge deal, though. I think it was like a $1.2 million transfer, a kid from Louisville getting to go to one of the top teams in Portugal. That's that's awesome. Uh, you, you knew he wasn't going to be at Louisville City forever, but as an 18-year-old to be able to play in the USL, that's quite the accomplishment in its own right. Then he gets to play for the United States team, and then now he's getting just huge, huge deals to be able to go play some at the top tier over in, in Europe. So exciting stuff for him. It's really good for the club, too. Just this, it's, a, it's a really, really well-ran soccer club when it comes to identifying talent, securing talent, putting good products on the field. They Again, they've been to the Final Four, the equivalent of the Final Four in the USL, every year in their existence. And they've been around since, what, 2015, I think? That's incredible to think about. Like, they've been in the top four, the, the semifinals, every single year. Uh, they know what they're doing. And even though they, they lose him, they just get a ton of money to play with to be able to try to get other players. It's a real shame that they can't get in the MLS, but it's also nice that they've stuck as a as an organization here. People like going to the games. People like following along. So that's good. I do wish that they would have gone to the MLS because I, I have no doubt they couldn't be doing the exact same stuff that Cincinnati's doing, which is dominating. Yep. Oh, wait, no, they're not. Cincinnati is dominating. Dominating the losers bracket. It's weird, I know, but they they have like Are a they really good now? really good team. Yeah, they're they're at the top what? of the table. What? Well, I thought I was I was having fun making fun of them because they were yeah. really bad. I think soccer they like really try. They don't want teams down long for long because they know that if you have like a perennial loser in soccer, that you're just going to lose your fan base. So they, huh. they, I think, however they, they fix the draft or whatever they do with, like, I don't know. But they, they make it where if you're bad, you shouldn't be bad for long. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's our hour. Let's do one quick text. Obscure movie. John Tucker must die. That's an obscure movie. Is it? A, I, I guess it could be a sports movie, TJ. They have that basketball scene. No shot. Like, I, I thought when I saw this text on the text line, I, my, that was exactly how my brain worked, Rash, where it was like, well, we were talking sports movies. And I was like, ah, eh, there is a pretty significant sports aspect to that movie. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, which that movie, man, I, I don't know how well it would hold up, but that was great for our generation. You know, just a good teenage movie, right? Like that I was, was going to say the, I was going to say the same thing, and I haven't probably watched it since like 2010. But I remember it being like a fun watch, even though, again, kind of maybe geared more towards women. But good movie. Yeah, I, I don't know how well in our era a, a movie. It doesn't really glorify having three different girlfriends, but it kind of does. Um, oh, I think that'd be more widely accepted now than certainly it was back then. Oh, because oh, they're getting they're getting him back for having three girlfriends. Yeah. Just from three different clicks. Ah, oh, great movie. Great teenage movie. All right, hour one done. We are going to get more text in hour number two. We're going to talk basketball. I, I don't know what else. We, we did a good job kind of touching on the topics that we wanted to get through, the Belmont and the Batcats for that one. There's more to get to. You're not going to want to miss the last hour of the week of Kentucky Roll Call. That's a promise. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin oh, Galen. We'll be right back. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here Roll. on Big Edge Radio. Uh-oh. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. You can get the podcast anywhere. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. We normally go 7 to 9. We will do that today with a replay of the show on Big X Sports Radio. But no replay today, Nick Roush. And tell everybody why. Because uh, EJ Clark is talking to Belmont on the 50th anniversary of Secretariat's win. That's right, 50 years ago today. The tremendous machine won by 31 links. TJ, seat. Uh, TJ EJ is going to be in to talk about tomorrow's race and much more uh, from 9 to 11. So he's going to be taking over uh, when our replay normally airs. Then you'll get to hear Scoots out with Big Bill on Capitol Hill. Um, Not Capitol from, Hill. From, from 11 to 1. Oh, well, you know, Old Capitol, Big Bill, Big Bill on Capitol Hill. Old Capitol Hill. That would work. You just can't old- say Capitol Hill, though. I don't want to go anywhere near that place. Are there Congress people? Are Scoots? Maybe. Oh man, TJ. Just this is a very, very. I don't. It's not a wacky Wednesday, but it feels like a wacky Friday. Scoots needs to launch a campaign for, like, low, just the most insignificant office on Old Capitol Hill. Dumb out. <laughs> Nope, you, no, Scoots, you don't want to run for office? You just want to storm the old Capitol Hill? I don't know anybody in radio that I could guess their political affiliation less than Scoots. <laughs> like, you name another host in town, I'll tell you which way they lean. Scoots, I think, just is truly wow, one of a kind, a person that does not care about politics. That's literally I, how I want it, yeah. Knowing you, I like. I think I know how you lean, but you don't care. Like you just, you just don't care. Uh, and I don't know if I know anybody quite that is as apathetic as you. Even Trevor will like weigh in. Yeah. It, 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 he's it, sometimes it's just like 
rambling and he just likes to rant about <laughs> the minor inconvenience of the day. But isn't that what we're all doing when we're when we're complaining about our politicians? Um, probably so. But yeah, Scooch, you're you're probably alone in that. Um, I I I I like it that way. So yeah, it, it's funny because I'll always people always ask. Well, not always, but if it ever gets brought up, like who's your favorite president? And it's like I don't really have one. I mean, for me. The answer would be Obama just because he was entertaining to listen to talk. Like I don't I don't care about policies or what they what they're doing in office. I don't even know what any of them have done in office or anything. But in terms of like listening to them talk, it was Obama for me. But it's like I don't that's that's all it is. I I enjoyed listening to him talk. That's I don't have anything else behind that. We need to get scoots on those uh surveys, TJ. Uh, whenever they're doing polling numbers, we just love to Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I find mean, that interesting. Outlier. Did you just like his voice? Is that what you're saying? No. Or did you like what he had to say? No. See, that's the thing. It was never really even about content either for me. It was. <laughs> it was. It was just his. It was his composure. How well spoken he was. It seemed He's like good order. It seemed like he was talking directly to the American people. It in a, in our lifetimes, I think he was the best public speaker that we've had as president. See, okay, I was going to say, because, like, he was really, you know, I thought he was relatively kind of, like, boring. In ter- like, he wasn't controversial most of the time. Now, like, he would say things at the time that were progressive that could be considered controversial. But, like, it was he, he was professional in what he was expressing, exactly how you alluded to. That, that's why I was wondering if it was just, like, how he spoke or if it was what he was saying. Because I think there's far there's been far more entertaining presidents just from no, like oh get no. a microphone in front of this guy uh, yeah I, Donald Trump like I mean Trump? That's what, he he was just a stand up comic up there you know yeah but like, even but even Biden is kind of a wild card you don't know if you, you don't know well, what that and, and you also had the Bush where he would just like make up that's words true. that yep. was fun um, Bill Clinton like, well, he was just you know he was kind of funny and then it didn't get so funny but even that was kind of entertaining. <laughs> You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so yeah, you, that now we've gone, I was the first Bush. He seemed pretty boring. Yeah. And oh. I, I mean, he was too young for us to remember anything either. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, he, he's a career politician, you know, he, he kind of kept things uh, buttoned up professional, if you will. Um, but yeah, this was, and that was talking presidents, public speaking. <laughs> One of our favorite segments I, that we do I, every day on Kentucky Roll Call. I do feel like if you just like wound up Obama a little bit more, he would be, uh, like he, he if you just gave him a little more juice, he would have the sort of um, old school, early twentieth century politician kind of feel to him, where he's like just a very good public speaker, and that's how that's what's so weird about how. It, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt became president because he could just get a crowd fired up and he would make great speeches. It's just uh, how, how things change. Uh, Tom, well, weird concept, right? Well, along those same lines, Trump didn't get elected based on his policy ideas. Yeah. yeah you ain't you kidding. Did you, did you ever go, did you go to when he came to Louisville at one time? No, I, I never. I think the only president I've seen talk was Bill Clinton. My dad took me. When he was uh, president? No, actually, you know, was it Bush or Clinton? Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure it was Clinton, and he he just was given a speech at Freedom Hall. Huh. Interesting. That uh, the one I, I went when Trump. It was very early on when we were still not sure what the Trump thing was doing, but he had a convention center rally, and uh, 
I, it, I, it was just, uh, I, I've never seen anything like it. I wasn't sure what to expect, and it, it just blew me away. Because you had, like, a, a group of people that actually were there and, like, fired up and cared about what he said. And then a lot, most, I, I would say half the crowd was just there for the, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. What's going on? There's people selling stuff all over it. It was it was something. It was it was like a, a miniature sporting event. And that's how some people treat it. And, but you know what? Campaign speech is not as fun as sports, right? We don't, you don't get to see people dunking on other people. Like we're going to see Bam Adebayo dunking on folks tonight. And I found it interesting because, uh, you know, typically I, I turn in, I turn on the games a little bit late, a little late to them, whether it's dealing with bedtime or whatever. But I got to the starting lineups last night or Wednesday night, TJ. And the, the, all the ABC promos, it was Bam Adebayo. And, not to say that I'm surprised by it, but I mean he didn't play well the other night. But I think it's fair to say he's been the Heat's most consistent player throughout the playoffs. And if they, I think they would need Jimmy Butler heroics to pull it off um, to to win this series. But if they did, you know, I, so far Bam has been the steady rock, and he's guarded Jokic. I think as well as you can ask for him. Uh, it, AKA, if you put a future on Bam to win finals MVP, I don't think it's the dumbest money in the world. <laughs> if you're going to take a second choice, he's the, he, he isn't a bad second choice. I would I think mean, Murray would be the most obvious second choice, but it's going to go to Jokic when the Nuggets win. So the, the case would be just like insane value, which I don't even know what the value is. It was like 15 plus 15,000 or plus 1500 or something. Like yeah. That. Uh, well, Plus fifteen hundred, like, but the Heat would have to win for that to even happen, and I don't think anybody feels all that confident about the Heat winning. They are three and a half point dogs tonight. That's a point more than Game Three. So after the Nuggets won comfortably, all that did was just move it a point. So take that for what it's worth. So the Heat would have to win for him to be the Finals MVP, and I just don't think there's any way that happens. And then even then, how did the Heat come back? How did the series kind of change? Could, would it be because of Bam, or It'd be would it because be probably of Butler, because probably. Jimmy Butler yeah. turned it on? Yeah. Exactly. So the um, game two was when, uh, or no, hell, it might have actually even been game one when I was at a friend's and they were making their futures bets, and Jamal Murray had pretty great value because y- you can see a scenario where Murray. I mean, hell, look back at game two that the Heat won, um, and Murray almost just put the team on his back in the fourth quarter, hit a couple big threes. That, that's the only one that seems a lot more feasible to me. But um, as far as tonight goes, I'm not saying it's – I mean, it is must-win, but I actually feel like that this is the the way the kind of story arc goes is that this kind of goes to six because the Heat win tonight, the Nuggets win at home, and then the, uh, the Nuggets close it out uh, in Miami in game six. Um, because the Heat, they just played objectively bad. I mean, it, it was – they've played two bad games and one good game. Um, so play a good game. You can, you, you can win at home. Um, so I, I just, I, I can feel, I can feel it coming with the heat tonight. He, 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 he got this. The question he, is, are the, do the heat have, it's like in, uh, any horror movie, the, the, I, I don't think the heat or the villain, but just hold my hand with the example okay. here. I can do that. Like it's where, you know, the villain's dead do they have an end scene where like you see the hand rise up or is it just credits? And that's what we're going to find out tonight. The heat are dead. They're not winning this series. I think game two, or I think game three was 
their their last gasp. You saw them take their last breath. I think that probably the Nuggets are going to cruise tonight, and then maybe you get like a closer than it should be game five back in Denver just because the Nuggets are more worried about celebrating than they are closing out the series. But I, I, I think we'll, we'll see. If they have any last gasp to them, it'll be tonight. But just the way that they were walking up and down the court, I, I think they're just beat. Like I just think that, one, they know the Nuggets are better, and two, they're exhausted. They've had an incredibly tough road. Not that the Nuggets didn't. They did as well. But um, Tyler Hero, so they've been even shorter, and it's just been all on kind of Jimmy Butler's shoulders and it doesn't seem like he's he's with it this series so I, I think they're I think they're dead I think it's all over I think the Nuggets are going to cruise tonight I, I'm a little bit um I'm a little bit less worried about it just because of uh, they didn't make shots <laughs> if you make shots uh, the last game looks a lot different um make some shots tonight eh? make this a game make it fun let, let us have an entertaining Friday night of basketball Scoots are you going to stay up for this one I know it's pretty late 8.30 tip-off. Um, I, I, Yeah, I think I will. I, I went to bed about 9 last night after staying up till about 10.30 the previous three nights. So, yeah, I think I get back on the 10.30 stretch. And then, um, actually, hopefully the game gets over somewhat early, and then I can flip on some uh, live PD. Or on patrol live, Ooh. sorry. Oh, on patrol live. Uh, maybe we can do some sobriety tests. Uh, got some breaking news. Breaking news. Ah! Uh, Belmont racing today, officially official. So you need to get scratch that gambling itch, TJ. Friday and Saturday appears to be a go. I reported that an hour number one. So just make sure you cite me with the breaking news, please. Okay, not David grinning from the Daily. Race I said that they were racing. I said that like they they looks like they're racing or they're training. They're racing. They're running this morning. It looks like it. They just they just did an announcement twenty minutes ago. But nevertheless, that's happening. Woo-hoo! And there's still there's a lot happening on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the number. You text in. We read it on the air. So it's, it's a fun little concept here. Very few people are doing it. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh what are we where are we? Um, I'm I'm scrolling at? I'm scrolling up to try you to get some... uh more than uh, just labeled a kook, he'll be in federal prison cell if he is making this up. I guess they're talking about the alien guy. Yeah, there's more on the alien stuff later, so we'll we'll kind of go into more detail there. But that's a great point. We should have mentioned that. It's not just like be like, yeah, he could he can go to prison for a very very long time. Um, good good text. Kirby says, "Will we ever get a KRC post game show? Think more and more people are sick of the nerd and his bias, but he has that market cornered." Latest update from him is that the seven foot manager scored on Ugo, and it's time to panic. Uh, we'll get to some of that stuff later. I would love to do a post game show, but just need to be paid to to do it um, because otherwise, like I I would. It's not that I wouldn't do it for free I, I wouldn't want to do it for free if i did it for free i just wouldn't have an incentive to like make it a if i was just by make myself yeah well yeah. make it good and also just like if i was by myself after the game sure i'll do a post game show but like am i not going to go out with the fellas to watch the game because i would have to worry about the post game show afterwards if i'm do if it's for free then like no i'm gonna go have fun but if i had an obligation from a financial standpoint, but I've brought it up. Just the big X is just home to so much different sports content. It's like 
well, you know, we could do something, but IU plays at that time, or yeah, we're carrying a bats game or mm-hmm. in the fall or something like that. We we just got so much different programming that it, it'd be it'd be hard to yeah. it'd be hard to kind of boot one of them. Also, doing post game shows, I just I would I would be happy if I never did one in my career because I just I being a prisoner of the moment is fun, but I feel like it can kind of get you into trouble, and it, it's hard to have measured takes after some wins and some losses i mean you hear us coming yeah. in here the, the morning afterwards great. you know like you, you and kentucky's the best team in the world or they're the worst team that's ever played like i i, I think post-game shows are very difficult to to do i uh, i think that's what makes some of that audio so compelling and why people so many people like listening to them is because it's real brawl emotion yeah everybody's going to calm down after a little bit but what does everybody have to say right there in the moment i think it's it's fascinating um and i think matt does a, a good job I, I i think he does a great job with the with the post game show that he has sometimes he can be over the top but again that's live radio after the moment um that's that's what people are kind of supposed to do, and you're right, Roush. It's hard, but that's what makes it so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. On another hand, it's easy as all get out because you're just being yourself. Like you know, you're just you're reacting. You're just, but it's hard to kind of keep it all reined in. I get what you're saying. If Reeve wants to leave, he can leave. We'll be fine, says one texter. I would much rather have Reeves, but I think everybody over the last two days has come to that same conclusion that he is, he is gone as gone can be. Yeah. Um, that's what it's looking like. That's what it's looking like. Um, very little optimism on that front. Um, I thought I saw something that was, I know Kyle Tucker had something about the ship sailing. So somewhere else, well, maybe not so fast, but I'm just operating under the impression that Kentucky will not have Antonio Reeves on its roster next year. Where did you see not so fast? I don't know. Message board, but it was like, I know somebody and there's another guy. And I was just like, uh, you know what? In one ear, out the other. I, uh, I just think there's zero evidence or even crumbs to suggest that he's coming back. Ever All the all just like connecting the dots suggest that he's leaving. Yeah. Um, and that's uh that's a bummer. I, I would like to have him. I'm sure we'll get in. I'm sure more texts bring up basketball. We'll get into yeah. that a little bit later on. Somebody sent in a picture of June yeah. 8th basketball history and baseball history on oh, that baseball. day. So it was uh, a little more than a hundred years ago. Ed Roush fell asleep in center field during an argument. Um, they tried to wake him up, but the ump ejected him for delaying the game. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was my grandfather's first cousin, the baseball hall of famer who, uh, I don't think he won the triple crown, but he did lead the NL in hitting a couple of times and, uh, won the world series during the black Sox scandal. So pretty cool. I mean, he didn't fall asleep. He, but he had to have passed out, right? This goes back to the old famous scoots discussion. I mean, he put his glove down (laughs) and like laid down on it and took a nap. Um, Like how, but like who can just fall asleep like who could do that? Me, game Scoots. Scoots could do that. You're just comparing him to me. I could do that exact same thing. So you're this saying that quit- he, he did have like twelve splatty platties, is what you're saying? No, I'm Good. saying I'm saying regardless of if I'm drinking or not, I could lay down in center field and fall asleep in about a minute and a half. During a game, Scoots, yeah. you're talking out your butt. No, I'm body. not. No, ask any of my friends, anybody that knows me. I fall asleep in ninety seconds, and I can do it anywhere. 
You are so full of it. I'm I, not. I, I I love you, but you no way. Like TJ. there's no way that you could be at Yankee Stadium in the middle of the playoffs, and then they're just like, "All right, Scoots, here you go. We're gonna give you a pillow. Go out to center field, and in two minutes, you better be asleep, stone cold sober." Promise, you I just will be. Could promise. not do that. I, I promise, I could. I, I talk I talk up my golf game, and maybe that's a little over the top sometimes. I'm probably not as good as I think I am. But when it comes to sleeping, I am damn sure as good as I think I am, and I'll prove anybody wrong in that. <laughs> that's, can, that's actually scary, though, because what if you're driving and you could just so easily doze off? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously smart enough to know once you're driving, you, you can't fall asleep. I mean, it's all a mindset. I keep my, my brain stays active when I'm driving. When it's time to go to sleep, brain is not active. It is shut off, not even thinking about anything. I just think in a two-minute like window, that line becomes very thin between activity and inactivity. No, I, my head hits the pillow. It's over. We're done thinking. Oh, he's he's discussed this before. And I have. I, I'm telling I, you, I, I'm a beast. It, it's it's crazy, but like I... I can kind of believe him on this, especially like TJ, the scenario you had playoffs. I mean, this would have been a day game in the summer of 1920. Um, I have a feel. I don't, I don't think Crosley field would have been necessarily packed. This dude's a farmer. He, he quit baseball for a year or two to make more money farming um, until the reds talked him to come in back. So like, I'm sure he was an early riser that would do his farming and could like take naps on the tractor or whatever the hell he was doing. Just cra- crazy radio discussion today uh, about naps and sleep. I'm very jealous of you all that are able to seemingly just snap your fingers and be able to fall asleep. We'll get Gil on this summer. He can confirm that it does not take me very long at all to fall asleep. I, I got to say, the, the, we, the getting Gil on for a show could be our highest rated show ever. <laughs> It, it, yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> but I also kind of like the mystery of Gil. What what a party trick that is, Scoots. Do you like do that with your friends where it's like, all right, everybody, let's watch Scoots fall asleep. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, 115. <laughs> He's asleep. He's asleep. Oh, my gosh. No, but I'll keep that in mind for the next party I go to. God, that would be a great party. And it'd be go. great for the party because then you're, you know, you're out of the way. Then I'm out of there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. That's wild if that's actually true. I obviously uh, respect the hell out of you. I, I, I don't believe you, though, in this instance. This is unbelievable. And you don't care. And, and I, you I don't. don't. Care. I don't care. care. But if you want to believe me over one thing or the other, believe me with the sleep thing more than golf. Okay? Okay. I know the golf. Yeah, you don't believe the golf. That's true. <laughs> By the way, when we are uh, – we're, we're golfing here soon together. Um, yeah. Not, not soon enough, but we'll be at Park Mammoth. We had one KRC listener say that he'll have a foursome out, out there with us. Yeah, I think my dad might be making the trek down to Park Mammoth, too. Wow. Yeah, might be. Wow, Mom, what do you feel? how do you feel about that? If Roush's parents are showing up, my mom's a big golfer. Apparently, huh? too, he was telling me Park Mammoth was, back in his traveling days in the 90s, that it was an awesome resort. Kind of fell by the wayside, and this new management is resurrecting it. So he's he's excited nice. to come back after the first time in a long time. Scooch, you got to be careful playing out there. At any moment, one of your divots, you could fall into a cave. Oh, that's hilarious, pal! Hilarious. There's caves out there. That there's you're you, there's I mean, caves he, he, out he's, there. He's being serious. 
Well, now it's kind of like the cemetery situation. I don't know if I want to go. Have you ever uh, heard about Floyd Collins before? Nope. Oh, Floyd, the legend of Floyd Collins. Never heard Dude. of it. We'll oh, listen to it. We'll listen to a podcast about him on the way down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Deal. For the radio listeners, Floyd Collins was like a cave explorer. And yeah. he it didn't end well for our boy Floyd Collins. Very, so, very big. Alert. Like huge, one of the first national radio stories in the country, too, where everybody was tuned in, locked in, listening to the saga of Floyd Collins as he was trapped in a cave. Pretty crazy. And then, like, you know, technology wasn't really great when they were trying to get him unstuck from this cave. And it was just a calamity. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's worth a Google. Uh, uh my cousin, Collins. or no, not my cousin. My my one of my good friends played was in a movie about that, and he played uh, the reporter Skeeter, who would go down into the cave and talk to him and and bring reports out. Uh, Skeeter's a great name. It's similar to Scooter, but it, you, a Skeeter is a little bit more laid back. You know, like you, you can trust a Skeeter while a Scooter. Yeah. The hell, yeah. or like. We're gonna end like this on a Friday. Come on, boys. Excuse, we're just we're no. Just I'm out of here. 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 I'm out of here. If P Diddy was here, I'd already be gone. But he's not here yet, so I have to <laughs> hang out. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's do one more, and then we'll get to another uh, spin zone. Cal's got his guys. Everybody else is ranking them low. This is exactly where Cal wants to be. Everyone doubting him and his guys. He's going to use that to fuel them. When's the last time we've been rated this low coming into the season? 2011 was 2010 to 2011 season was low-ish. Um, yeah, uh, the post-COVID year when, I mean, it went yeah. 9 and 16, people weren't exactly I don't remember where they were ranked next. in the preseason, though. Yeah, because and there was some Maybe skepticism like- about Oscar and the transfers and all that. Kellen Grady got us hyped when they landed him. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah. Your- Texture, you could be right. Like you could be right, and you know, normally I think I would almost default to that line of thinking. I just think that this off season, like I'm generally like a cow's going to figure it out. Give him time. He'll he'll he wants a better team than we want a good team. So he's going to do what needs to be done to make it happen, even if it's kind of like making nil promises or whatever he's got to do. He's going to find a way to kind of get it done. But then there's just been these instances where it's like, well, how much is he actually in the know with some of this stuff? And then, you know, the Shade and Sharp situation is a really easy one to point to. But then this offseason, we're going to get into what Matt Jones said on his radio show yesterday because the text line brings it up a ton. And I'll just say some of the stuff he said is true. And some of the stuff that he said that is the most true is stuff that we talked about two weeks ago. And that's about just UK basketball and the program being really disorganized right now and people mm-hmm. being, and, and I, and I think I, I know why, and maybe this is a good radio tease as to where to take it to a break, but it is stuff that we all talked about about two weeks ago, or maybe even longer than that. It was kind of when some of the TJ Beisner news fell out, and that's when we were like, all right, if he's leaving, that's kind of weird. And that's when we started to kind of think about what could be going on. And sure enough, people started to kind of talk and, and not Bizer necessarily. He's still with the program. You see him in the backgrounds of videos and you're like, oh, man, I hope they can find a way to maybe find they, if they can work it out. But that, we talked about all this stuff and there's some truth to it that they are a little bit disorganized. But again, I think I know part of the reason what's going on and why it's going on. 
But Texter, I used to kind of default to that. But I just think there's too many instances of UK being surprised in situations where they shouldn't be surprised. And that's concerning. But he could just have his guys. He could say, these dudes, you all are going to see, three of them are going to be lottery picks. And when you have three lottery picks together on the court, it's a good thing. I hope that's the case. It's a wildly kind of optimistic take to assume that you could potentially have that. But it's not impossible. I mean, Bradshaw is, he can do things that people his size just normally aren't able to do. Everybody loves Justin Edwards and his versatility and his his athleticism mix in a pretty solid shooter and somebody that can dunk on anybody. That's a nice piece to have. DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham from the guard position, they're electric. Maybe that they that all clicks, and you just have this kind of super team of freshmen that turns into to something really, really special. I just think the fact that they were so wrong about so some decisions makes me worry that they could also be wrong about these freshmen. And I used to give Cal the benefit of the doubt more than I do now, but he's been wrong more often lately than he was previously. So that's a little bit concerning. There are things to be worried about. It's not nearly as doom and gloom, I think, as everybody makes it out to be. But there's issues. I mean, there's some serious issues. And we can discuss them after we take our final break. Only, whew, time's ticking. Tick, 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 tick. We're going to get through the text line, aren't we? We can do this. I believe in it. We'll get in it. We'll do it. After this on Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. With Walker and Roush. That was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's go! Great rejoin. Almost as great as Salsa Readers. Almost. Get some this weekend. Get some this weekend. You should. They've got two locations, one in St. Matthews, one in Middletown. And if you download the app before you go, you're going to get Salsa Readers bucks to go along with those wildly addictive chips, that fresh-made salsa, the well-marinated meats. They've got it all at Salsa Readers. And then some. It's not just your basic bowls and taco salads. Get the quesarito, the big giant burritos, the tacos. It's outstanding. Try Salsaritas today. Maybe maybe have a little uh, we'll get-together this weekend and, and bring some in for the fellas. You won't regret it. Take some with you to the lake. Get it all right now. Salsaritas, they're the best. And you're the best on the Thorns text line. We appreciate it. 502-414-1450 is the number. Quick recruiting thing, TJ, I wanted to say. Big official visit weekend coming up. Prepare for commitments. I think two, Willie Rodriguez, I'm pretty confident about. Uh, there there could be as many as three. I, but I'm, I'm confident in one in Willie Rodriguez. I have a feeling Kentucky can get it done this weekend. Curious if they'll be able to make a, a move for Fred Johnson, the offensive tackle from Cleveland, before he officially visits Louisville next week. Um, and uh, the, the big fish is Brian Robinson, uh, who uh, Michigan – had on campus last weekend. Um, they couldn't get a commitment. He can't. He was at Ohio State's camp yesterday, uh, but there wasn't really any movement or anything there. So Kentucky can try to seal the deal this weekend with the top 200 edge from Youngstown. 
that's exciting stuff. And basketball is going to get some commitments too. So it should be uh, a lot of a lot of committing going on. A lot, a lot of big news popping uh, this weekend on the visit front. But we do need to get to the Thornton's text line. Uh, well, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish this basketball point quickly. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought we were going to have basketball points on the Thornton's text line, but never. Well, I just want to. I want to bring it. Just there's going to be more of that, but I do want to at least say why I think UK basketball is as disorganized as it is, and it ultimately does fall back on the head coach, as these things do. It falls back on the head coach, but for as much as UK fans, I think know to like. There's this. What's the right word for it? They're not rumors because they're kind of true. But some UK fans know that, like Calipari, when he's coaching in game, he will talk to his assistants. But some people wish he talked to his assistants more, or maybe took more of their input into consideration. Uh, the reason why it's not necessarily rumors because it's true. Like when Cal's coaching, he is the one coaching. And if you've ever been to one of their practices. He is the one doing the practice. He does games. He does practice. He does games. He does practice. You don't really get to speak out much at those things. Now, of course, when you hear me say that, that sounds more like Shrick than it is. It's not like he will like get out a belt if one of the coaches speak up. But he's just the one running the practice. He's telling people he, where he's to hands go. On. Yes. He's very hands-on. And he's the same way in the games. For as much as he's hands-on and controlling in those it's almost the exact opposite elsewhere. Like they'll have a recruiting strategy and they'll have their priority list and and who is one A, one B, one C at each and every position. Uh, they have they 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 come to like a collective on that, and then they have. But once they come to their plan, Cal tells the assistants like, "Okay, you're running the show," and. Both of these are right and both of these are wrong. And you could talk to enough people that would have one opinion on how these things are done and they'd agree with it. And you could talk to plenty of people that would disagree with it. And that's not really necessarily what I'm getting into. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse it for Calipari because it does fall back into his lap. But I think these assistant coaches are the reason things are so disorganized right now. I think it's the assistant coaches. And like they had an opening for a long time and maybe still have an opening or don't have an opening or what really is like, you know, the Welch guy isn't going to be a recruiter. So like who is the third recruiter here? Is he just going to bump up Bruiser Flint or how like there's it's disorganized because people don't really know exactly who is in charge when the assistants are supposed to be the one in charge, but even they are seemingly shorthanded here. And I think that's part of the reason why I think the assistants have dropped the ball a little bit in terms of tra recruiting transfers. I think they've dropped the ball a little bit in player development from a relationship standpoint, like making sure the guys in-house feel valued and welcome. And again, all this at the end of the day is going to fall back to Calipari because he's overseeing it all. But the reason I think it's so particularly bad right now is because I think Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman have just kind of dropped the ball this offseason. And that, again, is related and falls back on Calipari. I'm not, it's, it's all together. But when Calipari just lets his assistants kind of do their thing and you're kind of in charge of the day-to-day -day of the program, it's all just been a cluster. It's just been a mistake, and the coaches are the ones to be blamed. I know that there was talks about UK's relationships with donors. We talked about that when we were kind of talking about the state of the program two weeks ago. 
that's been an issue. I mean, there's some validity to that. Obviously, Calipari and the Crafts, they have had a little bit of a falling out. Um, I think that the reason Oscar Shibway's nil was as good as it was, I think there's talk that that could be related to the Crafts. Um, but I think in return, there was not kind of a quid pro quo, but a little bit of like, hey, we're going to be paying uh, we expect this or that. And I think at some point UK said, well, we got to also run a basketball program here and we've got to do, we've got to make sure we can practice and we got to make sure we've got the whole team together for these sort of deals. Um, and I think that there was some already friction before that happened. And I think that that was not necessarily the final straw, but I don't think the crafts are nearly involved with basketball as they once were. And I do think they're more involved in football and that's fine. I, I like the money going there. and. Roush, what are these football coaches doing on most Friday and Saturday nights? Because I'll tell you what John Calipari's doing. He's watching TV. Yeah, Yeah, and he's drinking maybe a glass of wine or whatever his beverage of choice is for that evening. And he's relaxing, or he's maybe hanging out with his kids um, or traveling to visit them. And that's not to excuse those things. Like, Cal, part of the job is to schmooze a little bit. And I think he's just so far beyond his schmoozing days that it's turned into a little bit of a problem with UK. I think like the salesman Cal in the early Cal eras would really, really kill the nil era, but I think he is a little bit complacent. And these are all things, again, we talked about several weeks ago, um, but that but winning cures everything, right? Like if UK beats Kansas State, finds a way to go to run, get to the Final Four, all this stuff, even if UK's offseason happens the exact same way, all this stuff people don't, care nearly as much about the issue with Cal it's just been too long since he's been to a final four and people are frustrated by that and understandably so so when you're not winning and then things in the offseason aren't necessarily going as planned and nobody's talking from within inside the program I can understand why people do have the freak out they have the reason why it doesn't it's not like hell's gates right now is because this basketball team still can be good even with the departures or the lack of additions or why couldn't you get that guy or why couldn't why didn't you go all in on this guy it could be because the people they have coming in are just freakish talents that are going to win at a high level maybe we do get the old rigmarole about well we're young you got to be patient but the thing is that could totally also be true doesn't mean you want to hear it doesn't mean it's not annoying but it also doesn't mean that it's not factually true uh, this team come March could be dominant and it could be like the early Calipari days because that's how Calipari won in the early Calipari days with freshmen and sophomores for the most part. This team will have freshmen and a couple sophomores. Now, are Ugo and Thierro the same level as a Duran Lamb or Terrence Jones? Of course not, but they could also be really, really good. So while it's disorganized and they need to get their bleep together, this could also be a really, really fun season. And that's why this Canada thing is not nothing. This, tr- this basketball that's going to be played in Canada is going to set, I think, a mood for the fan base that I think is going to be pretty important. Where normally the exhibition games are just exhibition games. But you could, if you go out there and dominate and it looks good and like it, it actually passes the eye test, then we're going to get excited about it. This isn't just a bunch of bellhops down in the Bahamas that they just strung together as a team. These are some solid teams. doesn't mean that if they play well that it means a national championship's right around the corner. But I think if they play well in Canada, it should be, okay, exhale, 
let's see if we've got something here. If it looks really, really bad, the noise is only going to get louder. And Roush, I don't know what we'll say to combat that or if there will be any combating to be had. Maybe we'll be the ones yelling the loudest. But things are disorganized in UK basketball. They can fix that. It's not even all that hard of a fix. Just everybody start doing your jobs. Uh, and, well, and that means Calipari, I, too. But uh, you see, a- and that, that, that's my thing, TJ, is I think the big problem of why it's disorganized and people aren't doing their jobs is because it's – been business as usual you know like michael scott said we've got a he he wants it to be business as usual that's john calipari ryan howard is telling him no it's not business as usual because it's not and that's that's i think the problem with this whole thing is that they just haven't adapted reacted readapt adjusted the whole rigmarole and, and that's kind of where we are here and i think that's part of the re- i think cal is to be blamed for saying hey assistants make sure that we're taking care of these things and then when the assistants aren't taking care of those things what is being done to fix it and and cal's not really answering that call either but he's very hands-off in the offseason he wants his assistants that's where you go and they and they did such a good job putting together this recruiting class i don't know if they just kind of rested on their laurels or if they just thought job completed but cal's hands-off approach in the offseason has failed because the assistants didn't do the things that he expected them to do, and at no point did Cal stop, step in and fix it himself. And I think once he realized, like, oh crap, like this isn't going the way that we had wanted at all, it, it has been it's seemingly too late. Yeah, and on the other hand, too, like there's nobody there to be like Cal. Um, we can't watch the Waltons tonight. Like you need to hang out yes. with you need to hang out with the rich guys. Because, yeah, like, hey, like, you, you go have dinner with these people. Like, yes, you know, and he is so over that. And that's an issue. Like, that is yeah, if there's that one is thing about like, why it's maybe time to do something different is, and Cal knows this as well as anybody. Like, this job is 24-7. It is like a politician in some sense. And I think that, he, I think he loves coaching basketball. I think he uh, loves recruiting and meeting families and bringing new players in. I think he still has a competitive edge about him. I think he's just over the, like, having to curtsy and play nice to the money people. And that's an issue because you got to do that at UK. Like, you have to. I'm sure it sucks, and I'm sure it gets annoying when you're getting paid $9 million a year and you still have to go kind of, like, act, you know, beg for money. But you got to do it. You just have to do it. And or else, or else give up some of that money. <laughs> winning yeah. can cure it all. It's true. They can do that. Uh, let's get to the Thornton's text on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the number. Uh, texture. This is on the baseball conversation yesterday. The home run ball. What if a disabled Make a Wish kid is close by and the adults are pressuring you to give her the ball? Do you give it to her? Only if it's like a regular ball, not Ellie De La Cruz's first home run ball. Uh, I would say you, we're in this together now. Whatever we get out of this, we're in it together. That's what I would That's say. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Um, a Dingus is making a Trevor Kelsey argument that Haslam didn't play when he literally played. Yeah, that was funny. Um, uh, negative Mick in regards of recruiting. Oh yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I just I'm out. I'm out on those guys. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to convince me otherwise. I followed Mark Maggard for B-Ball Scoop, but apparently he has shifted to posting weird right-wing talking points. I got blocked by Mark Maggard. Uh, him and Pat Forty. Oh, man. Fever Pitch. I, hey, I said it was my favorite movie. I, I know. I, I know. Roush nailed the movie picks. Bring it on is cinema. I agree with you there. Roush, Roush, with huge, huge, go ahead. St- Roush with a huge stereotype of overseas players. Thon Maker played a decade ago. No, he didn't. 
seven years ago. You can't let one guy who played in the U.S. and not overseas affect your whole mindset. Look at Oscar. Sorrell has 40 pounds on Hugo. He's more of the college game. Unlike Hugo, he has college game ready body. And it's potentially to be a top rebounder and shot blocker in the country. Averaged almost 11 rebounds and four blocks came last year, I think. Give me that on my team every day. He has 40 pounds on Hugo because I think he's 28. And P. Diddy from the city, you're here. Who's the kid from Ballard that right. was – we got to get to the text line. We can't. We I, just move on. I want to. He knows the name. Yeah, but nobody cares about the name. But my we point gotta, is, is there's a lot of kids that come over here where their ages are off, and I just don't think any of them are that good long term. And I and he's one of those that I'm I'm casting that early judgment on. P Diddy, do you have the name? Do you know who I'm talking about? Which kid know. from Ballard? See, this the, is the, why we're not. This is why we're not doing it. Is there a talent? Well, wait, DJ Demon. I want. Can I get my question answered, please? We, you just had a yeah. long diatribe. Can I just? Can you answer my question? He was a seven footer that played Ballard. That was all region, and I, it's it's bugging the hell out of me that I can't think of his P Diddy. Do you have the answer for me? Yes or no? If not, I'm going to feel like a real dingus, and I'm going to end up feeling like a real dingus. All right. Damn it! I was wrong. You're right, TJ. We can move on. But that's I mean, my it just wasn't even worth it. Even if you did get the name, it didn't change anything. Everybody knew who you're talking about, and if they didn't, they didn't care about the name anyways. Is there a talent gap on the college roster that wasn't there ten years ago? Good players aren't willing to sit behind elite players anymore. When negative or positive, nil in the portal have allowed players to be as selfish as they want to be. It seems like there are two ways to build rosters: elite plus okay guys, what Cal's doing, or really good plus good guys. Duke and Kansas are the preseason favorites. Duke returned an elite guy in Filipikowski and kicked Mbako out the door. Even if Dickinson is considered an elite college basketball guy he's not an overall elite player and who else does kansas that has that surpasses the really good level i know it seems like a lot of swings and misses this offseason but i think we're putting too much blame on cal who's compiled at least three or four if you count dilly elite guys when the college basketball more importantly players mindsets are different than we've ever seen well said uh, it seems like 23 or 24 year old college basketball players make people forget the freshman can be elite i think we'll find out if we have enough talent to compete. That's what it comes down to. I agree with that text. Kind of sums up everything I said much quicker. Imagine looking at Somto and saying he could get knocked over by the wind. What an outlandish take by Roush. Yeah, I'm just out. I'm out on him. I'm out on all of them. Heck, I thought the DP tour was the adventure JK traveled on Twitter before this is a long time. Oh, man, Alex Koger beat me to the punch. He did. That refers to all these people who think everything is fine and great. Not sure where he's seen them because I haven't seen one. Even the optimistic folks have expressed concerns at a certain point. Yeah, exactly. I think people are just like, whining's not going to do anything. I think these freshmen can be good. I'm going to get on board with them. And then there's other people that are just like, everything's terrible. Rome is burning and we need to change coaches. Which I, you know, those people may have more validity than they used to, but the coach isn't changing this year. There is some truth to that. Just let's get UK basketball more organized. I think that's that would be my campaign pitch here. Well, we we do have somebody that pays to be on our message board that thinks that we're only here to like be negative, and it's like I think that's where he's. There's there's people who get mad at us for being negative. I think that's where some of that comes from. Well, we totally failed on the Thornton's text line. I do apologize. We're out of time. EJ Clark up next. He's going to be talking the Belmont, which is going to be great radio. You'll learn plenty and probably make some money listening to him. He's coming up next on Big X Sports Radio. Go back, Cats. That's something we can all agree on. Let's go ahead and just sweep LSU. Why not? We'll be back on Monday to talk all about it. Have a good weekend. Be safe. TJ Walker, Nick Rowley, oh, he did it from the big city. Yeah. The Scooter Dingus, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Monday.